Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 308, covering The Haunting of Deck 12 and Unimatrix Zero, Part 1, with Brian Lynch. Ugh, hi friends. I'm too tired to even groan anymore. Would you would 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 you two both agree? Hi, Brian. Hi. Anyway, uh, w- would you two both agree that the sentiment for these last pair of episodes for season six is? Uh, I would say that my sentiment for these last two episodes is fuck Voyager. And let me just read my uh, summary real quick. I don't wanna. Good, good. <laughs> because I don't. There's I don't a, there, wanna. There's gonna be an unusual amount of anger coming from the three of us. I think this time. Oh, just, like, if your people are following along with these episodes, it won't be unusual at all. Mm-hmm. That's true, and and you should not be surprised if you've watched these episodes ahead of time. But uh, if not, if you have, yeah, there's there's don't. a few things that we've been okay with up to this point that basically this show has decided to ruin. That uh, yeah, it's what, it's just it's one of those things where it's like they just they build it up little by little by little, and eventually you hit the breaking point. Are are we at the point where they're like, okay, season seven is coming, let's just burn the fucker down. I, I guess. I think they think they're doing a good job, but this is also the point, as we've pointed out, where Memory Alpha kind of drops off, where there's not a ton of behind-the-scenes <laughs> insights, so it's hard to tell. Usually we'd go and say, oh, I hated this episode. What do they think? Oh, they liked it. And now there's nothing. There's, like, this episode was filmed on 15 September 1998 or whatever, and, like, that's it. Now <laughs> every, episode, episode, every episode happened. summary... Every episode summary on Memory Alpha just says, when asked about this episode, Rick Berman weeped quietly into the phone for five minutes. <laughs> no, he he cackled to himself and ran away with a huge bag with a dollar sign on it. <laughs> Steepled his fingers and cackled. Who else shall I get fired from this Voyager? <laughs> Not Robert well, Beltran. You'll never find me never. in my Bahamas hideout where I'll never talk about Star Trek again. I think, I think it's Hawaii, and I, in my mind he owns an island, but I know that's not true. I certainly can't divulge any information about their customer's secret illegal account. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! All right, well, oh, it's let's hot. let's let's. Is that your Sydney Green Street? Uh, yes, a little bit. <laughs> there was an old sketch back in the uh, when we were doing sketches uh, where where you did uh, audio books, uh, sexy audio books read by people with unsexy voices. Yes, so that's, uh, that's uh, I, I believe that. the first one was Sydney Green Street, Peter Laurie, and uh, Sarek. Sarek. I mean yeah. Vincent Price. Ah, damn it. Never forgive you for ruining Let Sarah. Me I'm sorry, the... my son, Spock. Let me whisper <laughs> seductively into your cock. <laughs> Speaking of cock, let's talk about the haunting of Deck 12. Brian, why don't you tell us about this excellently titled episode? Welcome to the haunting of Deck 12, formerly the Mess Hall Terrorama, formerly Uncle Nierlix's Scaratorium, formerly Flutterland Fright Nights, Formerly the Harry Kim Experience, formerly Naomi Wildman's Science Stravaganza, formerly Echeb's Small Beige Room. <laughs> That's for two people, and we're sitting right here. Okay, so as is so often the case, we start with Voyager all in a tizzy. Something strange is in their neighborhood, and who they gonna call? Neelix! Oh shit, crap, damn it. Yeah, okay, so this one's an attempt at a spooky episode, which Star Trek rarely does well in the first place. <coughs> Cat's paw. <coughs> the sub Rosa. <coughs> I the beholder was okay. Uh, anyway, here's just a few of the problems we have here. First of all, the mysterious spooky being is neither mysterious nor spooky, and it's only a being by default. In fact, we're told right at the beginning of the episode exactly what it is. It's just some alien which makes the whole story a bit of a waste. Speaking of alien waste, the story is told to us by... Problem number two. Neelix is the goddamn narrator for the entire episode. See, since the plot that I don't care about was knocking out the power on the ship, uh, all the miscellaneous voyagers that would actually be capable caretakers are busy, Neelix is put in charge of keeping the Borg kids occupied. This is essentially because he uh, this is ostensibly because he has experience with the children, but he was given the assignment by Seven, who probably doesn't know that Neelix's childcare experience consists of yelling at Naomi's TV and trying to sleep with a sexy two-year-old. Man, that sounds weird in retrospect. And at the time. 
Speaking of weird children, I also have an issue with a problem number three, the Borg Kids. See, even if this tale told by a bar rodent had less sound and fury and more signification, it still would have come out boring as hell, because he's telling it to the Borg kids. You know, Iche, Mistak, Ariadne, Orish, and Impek, who are so boring that you didn't even know that I made up almost all of those names, nor that there are only four of them. <laughs> they have no imagination, and therefore, they're boring story listeners, and also they all suck. The writers make some half-hearted stab later on at them actually being scared of Neelix's dumb story, but by that point the episode had been going on for so long my interest level was literally zero. Uh, speaking of things that weren't present in this episode, here's problem number four. The Junior Borg Patrol has finally edged out Naomi entirely. She could have added some much-needed spark to this episode, but no. We had to sit through an hour with Echep, Chexmix, Broomplant, Rectum, and Blamo. <laughs> Weep for what once was. The good times are over. Oh, and if you want to know what Neelix's story was about, I don't know, something that's not a ghost tried to kremzeek itself into their computers, and then they put it back and Tom said sextant at the captain. This week on Becker, Reggie has a panic attack while thinking of her future, and Becker befriends a prostitute. <laughs> okay, first of all, Thanks, you Becker. basically made your entire summary bad things, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, I kind of undercut a lot of the stuff there. Also, I think that's, that's the okay. second time I've referenced Kremzeek on this series, but uh, if they're going to be uh, that, lazy, that's so fine. can I. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine. Also, I, I applaud your, first of all, calling out terrible uh, alien names, which I'm always a fan of. Yes. Uh, but also your specific uh, use of the John Oliver technique of... Uh, a, a place so unknown, you didn't even realize I wasn't showing you the correct map. Yep. That is Because surely right. that's that where you got that from. where joke. I got that from, yes. Okay. Also, if I could workshop your summary for a second, uh, Five mm -hmm. Nights at Flaunters. Oh, see, that would have been good because Naomi's a hashtag preteen and that's what all the hashtag preteens are into. Oh, they love it. Yeah, but see, you teach hashtag preteens. I know, and know they that. all love that Five Nights at Freddy's. They call it FNAF. Mm -hmm. Really? Uh, see, I... Uh, Man. I don't even know what that is. I keep thinking Freddy got fingered when you say it's that. It's a whole bunch of jump scares pretending to be a video game. Yeah, it's not a good video game. Well, well speaking of things that are supposed to be scary and aren't. Well, that's a real good, uh, that's a real good uh, segue. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting pretty good at this. <laughs> Drive that segue right off a cliff. <laughs> Just like Paul Blart 3. <laughs> Paul, Bl I don't Paul Blart Flesh Mall? <laughs> That's one of those memes that spun way the fuck out of control, and I'm, I I don't really get it, but it still makes me laugh. Yeah, I don't know. In any case, this episode was garbage. Yeah, it was. This episode was garbage. All right, moving on to the next episode, which must <laughs> why? be better. Why would, you, why would you want more garbage when there's this garbage that we can sift through? Uh, so, Brian, you chose this because you thought, based on the title, that it would well, be, like, sort of goofy, campy fun, right? Yeah, here's, here's what I thought going in. First of all, I thought, ooh, I'm going to do either... Fairhaven or Spirit Folk. And then I thought, no, Gav's definitely going to want one of those, and he hadn't signed up yet. And so I was mm -hmm. like, well, I'll leave those open. Let me see what else just looks like it has a funny name. And I saw The Haunting of Deck 12, and I'm like... I mean, there was also Live Fast and Prosper. And you know, yeah, that was, was my say. other option, and that was not the worst episode. Um, no, I didn't love it, but yeah, it's, you know, it, not as bad as this. But I mean, I just, I thought like... All right, all right. So they'll do some sort of like a ghost story, like a pastiche thing, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, say this for Voyager. They do still tend to be better when they try to, like, you know, get out of the usual Star Trek zone. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, more uh, often than not, try. they get a little experimental. Well, no, because yeah. this turned out to be basically exactly the Star Trek zone, but with Neelix telling us spook em up ghost story in the middle of it. Yeah, it, yeah, with, a, with an unnecessary framing device. Yeah, if, if, they if they had taken that out, nothing would have changed about this fucking episode. Yeah, because yeah. they, they could have framed it like Neelix was, like, what I thought would be good was if they, remember that really terrible episode of Scrubs where Dr. Cox was telling his kid, like, a bedtime story, and it was clearly, like, a reference to something that happened in the hospital? Now, that was, a, so. that was a bad episode, but if they had done that, like, Neelix was telling the kids, like, an actual ghost story, and his narration was a real ghost story, but he was basing it off something that happened on the ship, then that would actually work. But instead, he's just like, yeah, it was a transpatial energy being that got locked in our computers. And that's like one of the yeah. first things he says. There's no mystery to it. There's no, like, fun. Yeah, and I would say that there's nothing in the world scarier than the phrase transmental energy being. <laughs> I don't know. Star Trek guys are running into that shit all the Like, it's it's 
some self-aware gas or something out in a nebula that that takes over the computer. We've seen that like how many times? No, Al, it's a cloud with a goblin face. (laughs) Oh, of course. Oh, wait, I forget. Does it it always have a goblin face or just always talking about it? It honestly, it looks like a fucking jack-o'-lantern attacking the TV. Like literally, I, I like, will what's say, some fucking Halloween shit? Uh, let me look around my disused apartment. Hmm. No, no, Matt, Matt, that jack o' lantern attacking your TV was Neelix. <laughs> you got your big round orange heads confused. I'm trying to have yeah, sex with your TV. Also, I got into your house somehow. I will say the ghost story aspect of it actually came from uh, a lady not appearing in this episode, which would be Naomi. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's the one who initially told the board kids, yeah, don't go to deck 12. It's haunted. Now, if you'll excuse me, I got to get as far away from this episode as possible. But I kind of like that. I kind of like that. uh, She's the one who was fucking with them and told them that and then ran away. I desperately want uh, want the rest of the show to be Naomi Wildman fucking with the board kids for no reason. The thing is, to this point, I liked the Borg kids. Like, yeah. This is this is the point where they become sort of insufferable, just like the next episode ruins another big thing that I didn't hate yet. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's like, I, I liked the Echeb episode, the, the first one, where he goes back to his planet, and then it turns out they were using him, like, as a weapon and blah, blah, blah. Like, we, and, and you did too, right, Matt? Yeah. Like, Brian, I did you totally see that expect- one? I know you kind of skipped I, around. I, no, I, I saw it. No, I, I, I watched it all up until... Well, I was saying on uh, on uh, Twitter, or... No, I think I, think I was talking to Matt on uh, Skype, and uh, I said that what I usually do is after I finish uh, recording an episode with you guys, I watch up until my next episode. So I get them all right. done in big chunks. Mm. Um, but I was on really early in season five and really late in season six. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff you don't want to have. I got, I got pretty patchy in the middle. Like, that's a rough binge watch. But no, I, yeah. I saw them all, and yeah, like, I didn't hate that one, except that Echeb's a terrible actor, and also he's, like, 25, like, visibly. <laughs> I'm a bored kid! <laughs> didn't bother me, and like I said, Matt, you, you, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, you, you were saying that you did quite enjoy that episode, Yeah, no, it was right? fine. Yeah, no, it, like, it, okay. it had its moment, but, like, I don't know. It had, a, it had a twist I legitimately didn't see coming, which, I, at this yeah, point same. in my life, I'm willing, I re- will respect the shit out of that. No, anytime Voyager can take the standard formula, which there is definitely a standard formula, and subvert it or or do something a little different, it's great. This this was not that. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. This was a standard space-born entity takes over the ship episode with an unnecessary framing device. That's Yo. All it was. Uh, I guess uh, I should say my uh, bad thing since we're already talking about it anyway. Yeah. Uh, my formal bad thing is I don't think I was unclear on this. Certainly not after the last few minutes. I hate the Borg children. I hate every single one of them. I hate Echeb, Susan, Wander, Zippy, Shamrock, Swifto, Bearclaw, Beanstalk, Joshi, Spreadsheet, Stacy P, Stacy R, Prancer, Dopey, Veeam. Look, I think I've conclusively proven that I enjoy saying random syllables and words more than I like thinking about the Borg children. Try some yourself. I hate Stacy R. I hate her so fucking much. Is that a reference to something? No. Okay. It feels like it is. It's so specific. It feels like it's Well, a it's, it's one of those. It's just a, a general word. Like, you know, you have two children with the same name. and Right. That I bitch. Had, I, I had three Emilys in my class last marking period. Oh, is that, a, is that a popular thing to name your kids in, I guess, like the early 2000s would be? That ha- uh, the amount of times I was Matthew R. as a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Every other I, fucking you- year. You were uh, you were straying into um, uh, Key and Peel football territory there, <laughs> and I can't remember any of their their names now. But that was like that's one of the dumbest sketches I've ever seen, and I have never laughed harder. Mm-hmm. Which is just like football players reading off their stupid football player names. Like uh, that's it. That was the whole premise of the sketch, and it is so funny. Cartoons, oh, just plural. I thought you meant A <laughs> A Ron for a second. No, that one was okay. Where's A A Ron? But, uh, no, this is like it's it's called the East West Bowl, and there's a bunch of them, and uh, it's just football players saying, you know, like like Lavandrius Tate, you know, like those weird <laughs> names you hear football players have. But only it gets it starts there, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And one of them just opens his mouth, and there's like a high pitched whine, mm-hmm. and it, it just gets sillier and sillier. And it's just the two of them wearing different like uh, uh, makeup and hair, yeah, increasingly bizarre fake mustaches. <laughs> yeah, oh, so good, Benedict so funny. Cumberbatch, University yeah. of. Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> and again, very, very simple. Very like I usually like sort of complex, clever sketches. It's really dumb, but also super funny. Well, the best was the third one they did where they mixed in actual football players with actual <laughs> right. unusual names. 
It was wonderful. Yep. No, you're you're right. I always hate, and I've called out Voyager in specific for their '90s sounding, <laughs> uh, terrible uh, alien names. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, the board kids they want us to know who they are, and each have got his own episode, so now we know his name. But I don't remember any of the other ones. I don't. I don't. There's the two younger ones, right? And then there's a yeah, there's twins. Like when I was making up those fake names, I thought there was five of them. I nope, literally thought there was five of them, and then I thought about it, and I was like. No, wait a minute. And I went, I I had to look after watching this episode where Neelix talks to the board kids. I had to go on Memory Alpha to count them. No, Brian. <laughs> That's how little f- an impression they make on me. Brian, the fifth born child is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> He's the heart of the team. <laughs> exactly. No, you got, you got Ichab, who we now know. Yeah. Uh-huh. You got fake Naomi, who is a girl in Naomi's age and basically replaces Naomi. And then you got twins. That's mm-hmm. like, I do remember that though, that's what they are, but I don't remember their names ever because they're very forgettable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, what was your bad thing? Oh, which one did I pick? Boy. <laughs> you know, you I mean, even, your... even after Brian listed seven of them in his, in his uh, summary, you still managed to find them. You know, you name your episode The Haunting of Deck 12, it better be scary or have the trappings of something scary. Like, you know, have a vampire or a mummy or something in it. This episode has absolutely no vampires or mummies and wasn't scary. Why the hell was everyone so fucking nervous? It's an invisible alien screwing around with a ship. That happens every week we aren't fucking around in season one hitting the mud with a stick. And the Neelix narration just means we have to hear Neelix talk and talk and talk and be afraid of cloud goblins and talk some more and wave a plate of food in people's faces and talk and talk and talk and pick hair out of his ass. (laughs) So to be clear, you weren't really fond of Neelix in this episode is what you're saying. Oh, my God. Like, it's bad enough just (laughs) with him being around. But with him being mm-hmm. around, like, and also talking, and this is the time where I decided that I should go over to the rec room to see if anyone was using any spare towels. Yep. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> my favorite was when he was talking about his birthday party. And, oh, my God. Uh, I really oh, that was wanted, like his like, best memory or something. Yeah, like right? his best memory, and everybody's, like, sitting around and, like, smiling at him and making food for him. And I was like, I really wanted there to be, like, a cutaway to the fact that, in reality, it was just, like... Harry and then like Balada came in and then turned around and walked out immediately. <laughs> and Harry's there because the captain told him to be there. Like, ev- uh, or, or like everyone there is just frowning and pissed off while while Neelix bangs on a tray with a fork, demanding his cake. Well, <laughs> <laughs> why that mental image delights me so? But it, I uh, want my cake. The neck <laughs> napkin tucked into his little suit panels. Yep. Yep. But he's still wearing the chef's hat for no reason. Oh, of course. Maybe it's his birthday boy on it or something like that. <laughs> oh. Or maybe he's in his birthday suit. Oh, God, why? Enjoy that image. No. And Harry's wearing a little paper hat. <laughs> of course. And blowing a uh, noisemaker. Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, now that I think about it, Harry's not there just because uh, the captain told him to be. He's just so excited to be invited somewhere for once. Harry wants some fucking cake, and he'll do he's whatever the fuck it takes to get it. Yeah, I mean, never mind the fact that he could just walk over to the replicator and say, give me five cakes. Yeah, doesn't but matter. Yeah, not get that squat purple cylinder that everybody gets on their only <laughs> birthday. Harry Kim Hate stole cake five so cakes, and that's terrible. <laughs> have we have we talked about that purple cake? I feel like we have, but well, I, I tried to bring Actually, it up I every time it shows I was up. on, because it, it was Kessa's birthday was on that one yeah. that I was on, okay. where, where everybody turned into noodle people. Mm-hmm. Right. Ugh. No, I try to bring it up every time it happens, because it's always the same fucking cake. Yeah, but a lot of times we talk about stuff before the show and it doesn't make it on the show. Mm. I just want to make sure, like, we have addressed it because it's terrible and it keeps showing up. It's a prop that they just love using. They love that fucking cake. As recently as last week, which dealt with uh, Tuvok's birthday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, it was just on the show. Find, a, find a shitty prop we can press a candle into. That's I was job. so sure that when we had, they were in the Neelix fantasy sequence, that when Janeway lifted the lid off the thing, it was going to be that purple cake. Yeah, but as instead, soon as you say the word it birthday, it's a jump it's scare like, cloud goblin. Oh, just, uh. Well, my bad thing. So everyone on the ship is just scared of the dark to the point where they freak the fuck out and punch anyone they see. I mean, granted, this resulted in Harry getting punched, which I do not object to. But big picture wise, that's pretty lame. Yeah. Like, really, everything in this episode depends on the fact that everyone on the crew is terrified that the lights are off. Oh, that girl in that girl wandering around in the dark that bumps into Harry. Like, are you kidding me? That was the that was the Bajoran chick, though, from a couple of weeks ago. Oh, my God, it was. That was my good yeah. thing. 
Um, not oh, like anything okay. about her, but just the fact that they brought her back that for yeah, once a tiny in, bit like, of continuity, the past five years, they remembered a character from a previous episode and used them again. Mm. Yeah. And especially since they need somebody who's like neurotic and stuff, you mm-hmm. know, I can't imagine anybody better to be wandering lonely around the ship and freak out and bump into Lieutenant Kim. Wait, what? Wandered Ensign? lonely as a goblin cloud. Hold on. Is it Ensign? Ensign Kim? Still? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I really want to see a goblin cloud fight a dick bat at this point. Yeah, that would be a better episode, <laughs> Just I think. Screaming and screeching and smashing into each other. You know, you've got your dick bat and you've got your, your cloud goblin, which is like a mad ball, basically. Got a goblin cloud. <laughs> yep. Catch him in bed with a goblin cloud. If you've never seen no, it w- listeners, just Google Alex Jones goblin and look, get ready for a fantastic little crazy person rant. I do not know what that is. He is a crazy internet person who ranted about Ah. goblins on one episode. Fair enough. No, I I did like seeing uh, Bajoran chick, and I don't remember her name, but uh, but I I did like seeing that. And actually, this came up on Twitter. I think this week, uh, Bob was asking, "Wait, wait a minute, wasn't uh, wasn't uh, uh, Ensign Wildman uh, dead? Like when she popped up last week?" Yeah. And we no, she, there's this whole list of characters that are still alive, and occasionally they mention their names. They we just don't see them anymore. Carrie's not dead. No, nope. the, uh, en- the engineer guy, uh, he's he's still around. They Carrie just don't and, show him anymore. Uh, what's his name? Solak. Vorik. 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 The, uh, the the Vulcan. Like, yeah. There's there's a sitting handful... in a closet somewhere. Yeah. Someday no, in he'll fact, need me again. Someday. In fact, uh, Vorik gets name checked in this episode. Um, and this is one thing I did. It's not my actual good thing, but uh, I I did like um. I did think it was a little creepy using the computer's voice to communicate like that aspect of it because it's major because it's a constant thing we've heard since early next gen. I I mean, technically since the original series, but this this voice major like since early next gen, it was kind of creepy to hear it trying to communicate using the words that it had. Like the weird sort of Ouija board thing. I kind of like that. Yeah, I actually really like that. And especially since it was talking in like common computer phrases mm-hmm. yeah exactly like, that's it why like, it's like a ouija board thing yeah. it was like trying to choose what it had in its vocabulary to get things across to you and so it was saying those usual like you know um computer things but like you know be like you know let us out of here restore life support unable to comply right you know, it's something like way to the bridge yeah. it's too bad it results in some of the worst acting i've ever seen out of kate uh, <laughs> uh yeah but that said my actual good thing there were bits early on where the computer's failing and she's talking to it. Oh, yeah. And in that in that Geordie way, in that I'm alone and nobody can see me and I'm just like, come on, computer, knock it off. And th- <laughs> those bits were cute. I think talking that Geordie way would be like, computer, what are you wearing? Well, computer, okay. why are you on the ceiling? <laughs> Get down. No, that's when he's talking to the captain. Captain, I don't know what I'm doing down here. <laughs> Bumping the ceiling with his broom handle. Captain, I'm blind. <laughs> What are you doing <laughs> in the bridge up there? Boom, boom, boom. I miss Jordy. Keep it oh, down. Some of us are trying to engine. <laughs> <laughs> toot, toot. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. No, I, I did like, like I say, early on, and, and uh, Chakotay gives her that, like, those rare times when Robert Beltran is actually tolerable, when he and Kate have cute moments by themselves, like... Like, those two don't have bad chemistry when oh. he shows up. I've said it. And I, a, I like the two of them, like, as, like, you know, scene partners. Like, I mm. think they work together very well. She yeah, brings out exactly. the best when, when it's light. When it mm-hmm. when it's sort of light and, and fun and jokey. Not when it's serious. When well, it's serious yeah, and he's yeah, like, no. Catherine, don't go down there. Like, ugh. You there's know, actually, I'll save it, but there's there's a, a Janeway Chakotay moment in the next episode I really like. Um, oh, but uh, right. I'll save it, so. Fair enough. No, I liked, um, I, in here, he's like, you, you talking to the computer, really? She's like, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it works. Shut up. It was cute. You're not the I boss like of me. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> I'm the boss of you, so shut up. I, that's an order. Get over here and talk to my computer for a while. I'll tell you when to stop. To be fair, it literally <laughs> does have a voice interface. Like, that does invite talking. Yeah, but there's I a s- difference between, hey, Siri, play this song, and come on, Siri, could you play this song for me, please? You know, like, there's a, there's a difference there. I gotta admit, I do say please to Siri. Uh, it's just, I, I it's just polite. Nice. I, I thank her a lot, which I find weird. I always feel stupid <laughs> after I've done it. Like Siri, I was call disappointed. My, uh, call, uh, Siri, call my dad. Thank you, Siri. 
I was disappointed to discover that the Amazon one, Alexa, mm-hmm. like uh, one of the sample phrases is tell me a joke. And so I did that to Siri and she's like, I, I can't do that. Oh, man. Why don't you go get I'm Alexa replace if, you think, you. if you think jokes are so fucking great? Jesus, Siri. <laughs> She's like, no, she said something dumb, like, I, I always screw up the punchline or something. You can't teach this thing a joke, really. Come on, Apple. I know that if you say, okay, Google, to Siri, she'll get snippy with you. <laughs> That's not bad. But And stay snippy. <laughs> like, once you've done it once, you've broken it, basically. <laughs> oh, she's just not answering my calls anymore. Oh, should I do that for you? Fine, hang on. <laughs> it's like the passive-aggressive sequel to her. Right, whatever you say, boss. <laughs> so basically, um, basically Maggie the GPS from Super Ego. Yes, exactly. There you go. Yes, Mike. 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 <laughs> My favorite series story, and I'm telling this because I hate, I fucking hate the haunting of Deck 12, <laughs> is um, our, our friend Nate, who used to be a regular guest and uh, moved very, very far away and uh, is, is a little too busy to be on the show now, um, early on told uh, Siri to call Nate's sister, Nicole. Call uh, Siri, call Nicole. And the uh, Siri heard, Siri, call me Paul. <laughs> and from that point forward, okay, Paul, whatever you say, Paul. <laughs> yes, Paul. Which I quite liked. Siri is actually a credited voice actor in the Lego Batman movie. Huh. The voice of the Batcomputer. Right. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh... Anything else about this episode? We're obviously not uh, too keen on. I don't think you know another fun know. thing about Siri. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, what we got? Harry got punched, right? Yep. Uh, Neelix having to spend time, or Tuvok having to spend time with Neelix is bad. In a, yeah, and that can be funny too. Yeah. Oh, like wow! Can you imagine? Like those scenes Jeffrey's can be funny, but smell like oh, oh yeah. yeah. Wet dog. Leather in the space between your balls. <laughs> Sorry, I'm wow. venting all of my fear musk. <laughs> Every time I get nervous, I ha- I just do this. Oh, and, and he calls him Mr. Vulcan again, uh-huh. which I thought we were over that, but no, still the, with the Mr. Vulcan. The weird thing is they're not writing it like he's like playing this as a running joke between them. They're still writing it like he thinks his name is Mr. Vulcan. Right, like which in the pilot, the way they worded his introduction, it was kind of funny once because he's like, "I am Tuvok, a Vulcan," and maybe he thought his name was Tuvok, a Vulcan, <laughs> yeah, or something like that. Oh, whatever you say, Mister A Vulcan. Right, Mister A Ron. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if in the last episode it turns out that his name actually is Tuvok A Vulcan? <laughs> that would be great. Or I told or, you, or like I it, told you, and I told you, and no one ever listens to me. Or like in that uh, horrible Voyager promo you shared with us, Brian, uh, his name is Tuwak. Tuwak. On Voyager. Doc Zimmerman. Doc Zimmerman. Also, every time uh, Neelix, and he said this phrase uh, quite a bit, he said uh, the alien life form, and it just made me think, man, if they replace Neelix with Alf, I would like him (laughs) so much better. I made you this hair, cat. Ha ha! Kill me! And Alf. And Chuckatay. <laughs> and it's an elf to the bridge. All right. I got no follow up for that. I just think it's funny. Uh, yeah. I want to see him running around Voyager like in the opening credits. Yep. Is that the elf theme? It is. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, there was uh, one bit where Tuvok had to like adjust something in the Jeffrey's tube. And mm-hmm. he was clearly just, like, keeping his hand still, but they were still playing beeps like he was t- typing something. <laughs> I was like, how lazy can they be? Like, he was just, he just put his hand down and was going, beep, 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 But he wasn't moving his fingers. Maybe, maybe it was the haunting. Maybe the ghost was doing it. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I think we're done with this. Brian, you got a quote for us? Uh, Yeah, my quote is, um, it's the board children uh, see the lights go out, and then Neelix uh, replaces the battery in his flashlight, and when the lights come on, the children see him. They react exactly how they would expect, and he sounds like a creep. Here it is. There. Sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. Yeah, I mean, Neelix sounds like a creep at this point, is, you know, (laughs) self-evident. It's Neelix, and he sounds like a creep, but I repeat myself. Mm. <laughs> and so does the series, over and over and over again. Well, uh, in fairness, the next episode is <laughs> uh, goes into some new territory, but it's 
terrible. So oh, yeah, sure. We, fuck it is. We asked for the oh. show to stop repeating itself. We may not get what we want, but we get what we deserve. Damn that uh. fucking monkey's paw. <laughs> Matt, why, why don't you tell us about, uh, as far as I can tell, the universally reviled Unimatrix Zero Part 1. There's there's a second part coming. So no, we that's got that just the name, right? That's just the name. No, no. Take it away, Matt. So we open on the Borg Queen's evil castle in Space Transylvania where they pull shit where, where they pull that shit where Queenie's neck gets lowered from the ceiling because that is the only way that she knows how to enter a room. And then Queenie yells at some drone and tortures him because he has some kind of Borg sickness or something and she demands to know who else has it. And then we cut over to Voyager where Seven is having dreams of a beautiful forest and people yelling at her. The Doctor thinks she's finally started dreaming, which sounds like some fucking data bullshit that we already saw, but you know, whatever at this point. So he gives her a neck badge to record them for further analysis so that he can watch her dream, I guess, which is a little upsetting. Fine. So then Seven goes back in, and then some dude with nose ridges grabs her in the dream and says that his name is Ansel Adams, and that her dreams is actually a place called <laughs> Unimatrix Zero, which sounds like a William Gibson title so William Gibson-y that William Gibson briefly <laughs> considered it and then threw it away for being too on the fucking nose. Unimatrix Zero is a giant forest slash AOL chat room that one in a million Borg have the option to enter when they're recharging. There they are free of the hive mind that can talk and interact with other members of the collective across the universe. I know! It huh. is the stupidest thing ever to feature in Star Trek, a series which up to this point has featured Captain Kirk giving a dwarf a piggyback ride, Spock's brain being stolen from his skull, the world's most ham-fisted racism allegory, an adorable dog with a horn, Star Trek V, the huh. holodeck coming to life, an evil mask that possessed Data, Beardless Riker, a transporter accident that turned Captain Picard into his own nephew, Laser Whips, the holodeck coming to life. Time travelers. Ugh. The holodeck coming to life. An alien planet that tried to kill Wesley over a smashed greenhouse. Armist, an evil uh. board game that kidnapped the crew of DS9. Quark becoming a hideous caricature of a woman. Chief O'Brien's baby becoming Kira's baby. Chief O'Brien's baby becoming Feral. The holodeck coming to life. Janeway and Paris becoming lizards and having sex with each other. Janeway and Paris stopping being lizards and stopping having sex with each other. Fairhaven. Evil Fairhaven. Everything about Neelix. Everything. Banjo Man. A character named Balthazar Edison. And the haunting of Deck Twelve. Anyway, Ansel Adams begs Seven for help, and she goes to Janeway for support. So, of course, Janeway wants to visit this Borg-only country club, and then Tuvok Vulcan mind melts her. Did you know that Vulcans can do a double mind melt? Me neither! We're all learning so fucking much this week, aren't we? Also, we learn that Seven and Ansel Adams used to date in the virtual world where Seven was when Seven was still assimilated. Does this heretofore <clears throat> unknown relationship seem stupid and tacked onto you? We have so much in fucking common! So after meeting with Ansel Adams, the Voyager crew develops a plan to sneak on board a cube and liberate Unimatrix Zero. Unfortunately, that's when the Borg attack Unimatrix Zero. In the mind. By assimilating the mind, people. Does this sound stupid and impossible? I fucking agree. So then Voyager attacks the cube. Janeway and Tuvok can beam over and are almost instantly assimilated. You know, like the best of both worlds, but stupid and I hate it. Does this sound like a two-part that will hold our interest until next season? I fucking guess. Okay, Brian, would you join me in giving Matt a round of applause for that list? That was that was something truly special. Thank you. Thank you. That that must have taken some research and some painful resurfacing of memories <laughs> that you tried to bury. Uh, this is the longest uh, summary I've ever done. Yeah, it definitely is. And also, I'm glad you uh, left off Grappler Zorn because he's wonderful. Fucking, I forgot yes. Grappler Zorn. Oh, no, no, no. forgot oh you, for, Zorn. you forgot a lot of stuff, but it's still a great list. Sausage! Sausage! That's, that's also, the, the way you were, the, the tone you were reading it in, I wanted you to end it with NVCR repair. <laughs> we could add that this in. Was, NVCR repair. <laughs> Thank you. This was, ugh, this was like, we've talked, and I'm just going to go into my bad thing here. Yeah. We've been anticipating the point at which Voyager would ruin the Borg for us, and surprisingly, after six or seven Borg-centric episodes, which we genuinely liked... It hadn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. they did well, we're so here well now. With them for a while. Yeah, they they keep show, they show up like once or twice a season, and we're always pretty like, hey, 
they're still pretty good. Still pretty good. Okay. And it's almost the end and they haven't sucked yet. Well, this is the point. They've managed to create a completely nonsensical situation that retcons the Borg and Seven and effectively ruins them both retroactively. So instead of being one drone among many, Seven had a one in a million mutation that allowed her to access a special Borg dreamscape where she had a secret boyfriend. A, what the fuck does this mean? And B, seriously, what the fuck does it even mean? This is the stupidest fucking, like, Voyager has shown us some stupid fucking bullshit in the past. But a magic Yeah, but bullshit land... that they ride away from at the end is the thing. This uh, this ruins, a, like, permanently ruins the Borg. It's that shit where it goes back and ruins stuff that was good before, you know? like Yeah, let's get used to this because Enterprise is coming. But that's that's, an, that's a discussion for another time. But, like, like just, yeah, no, the, the, the Borg have a magic land that they can go to in their sleep where they can be free and hang out and live in the woods and camp? What the fuck yeah, are you talking about? It's the fucking board of Big Rock Candy Mountain. Yes! Yeah, but wait, the oh, stupidest shit, part of shit. all... Wait, 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 wait. On the what? Unimatrix Zero, da 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 it fits, it fits, <laughs> it scans. Somebody do that. Okay, anyway, go on. <laughs> the, the stupidest part to me is they go to this dreamland, and first of all, one in a million of them can go there, so it's a weird mutation that doesn't happen to a whole lot that, of board. That seven but, just uh, happens to have, by the way. Yeah, so now she's got a special destiny. She's not just one drone among many. She's a super special, like, like you know, destiny Borg, which sucks. But the, the stupidest part of it to me is they don't remember it when they come out. So what's even the point of it? Mm-hmm. Like, when they, when they wake up or stop regenerating or whatever, they go back to being drones and they have no memory of having been there. So it's not like it makes them, like, it gives them their individuality back or anything. It just gives them... A tiny bit of refuge that they immediately forget about. Well, it's so just a stupid. Th- it's why? just a stupid thing they added so that people can't be like, "Well, how come we never heard about it before?" It's yeah, but fucking it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't at all. On a lot of levels, like on a bunch of levels, and the fact that Seven has had this secret boyfriend this whole time, like what? Like, I'm sorry, this- Ansel. This sounds like crazy. Make them a bullshit to me. No, you're totally my girlfriend. No, uh, like this, this, this such, this breaks down the whole concept of what is scary about the board being brought into this, this complete hive mind and completely losing your individuality that you just get back at night. Yes. Sometimes subconsciously, <laughs> some Borg are still fine. And like, by the way, Borg don't sleep. They're not like standing up against a wall so they can sleep. They're literally recharging like batteries. This is not how this works. And uh, like, I'll be, like I'll when you plug fair, in your phone, Voyager has basically made it into, you know, sleeping like up till this point. Like they introduced dreams in this episode, but the sleep metaphor has been going on for like forever and a half. And also, yeah, I want to I want to like the, the fact that the hive mind disconnects from them when they're asleep. Can you ima- like that doesn't make any sense either. That definitely doesn't make sense. Though. No, yeah. if you have a network and one of the computers on the network just drops off of it, someone somewhere is going to say, wait a minute, there's supposed to be 5000 computers on this and one of them is gone. Where did it go? Like the hive mind should notice that instantly and it shut that to shit the land down. of Oz. Oh, God. Mm. With her meat dog. I'm 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 so fucking angry. Yeah, no, it's it makes sense on no levels at all. Like, and I don't understand the point of it. Like, all it does is fuck it up, and it doesn't. Like, we've said many times, if there's a dumb idea that results in a good story, that's fine. But it doesn't. It's just a bunch of running in place nonsense. But and that they've still got their full human or whatever brains when they're in there. Yep. But yeah, that also makes no sense. Nothing about it works. No, it retcons. It, it goes back and says, well, all this scary stuff. It's like Matt said, all this scary stuff that the Borg do to you uh, might not be permanent because some of them still have their individuality, at least for a little while. Like, yeah, Picard was assimilated for what? Like 25 hours? Yeah, uh, maybe a week at the absolute most, like, like not very long. And it almost wrecked him. And yeah. like the only reason they were able to pull him out was because he was created to be like to be a Borg with individuality. Yeah, right. like the, he, he was this weird thing, whereas Seven Which just are, had no. There was no Annika anymore. No. Also, they already had a queen, so why did they bother like making Locutus in the first place? But that's well, like I never liked the queen. I didn't like her in First Contact. Like I mean, I liked her, but I didn't like the idea and what it meant for the Borg. And yeah, they keep getting further and further away from what makes the Borg cool. And Matt, this is your bad thing, right? Uh, yeah. Um. So like. Well, first of all, Al took my, my original one, which is way to completely ruin the Borg Voyager. You really pissed that one down. You're like, uh, anyway, the Borg Queen takes a hard left turn into full-on wahaha supervillainy with this one. Like, she's always sort of floated around that role, but in, at least in first contact, she was like, 
the she acted like the human face of the Borg who was trying to like seduce Data over to their side. I can kind of get that, mm-hmm. but. In this, now she's talking to decapitated heads, getting drones to seize people, living in a literal space castle worthy of Darth Vader, and wearing only the tightest of leather. Like, that's a real distinct personality for a race made up of mindless drones. She actually literally at one point is like, Janeway! Yeah. Yeah. She might and bring well, me the head of Catherine Janeway. She might as well I be get- petting a little bored cat. Yeah. Because that would be adorable. <laughs> I would love to see a Borg cat. I don't know Borg. why they don't have those. William Shatner wrote a book that had Borg dogs in it. Yeah. I yeah had he just seen the Ang Lee Hulk movie or something? No, he probably likes dogs like he likes horses. But why didn't, why didn't we get any Borg horses for the Borg to yeah, ride around on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on, don't you remember uh, Don't you remember Kirk's b- uh, dog, Butler, who appeared for three seconds and was his like lifetime friend? Woof, woof, sir. But Americans, that little dog is named Butler. I want him. <laughs> Isn't that confusing? Not to me. No, that's actually in, in Generations when he goes to his house that he's always had yep. and to Antonia, the woman he always loved and rode horses, which he always loved doing. He yep. had a dog named Butler. Like, what? He doesn't have a dog? What are you talking about? His best friend is Bones and Spock. We ain't the dog, Spock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're right. Boar horses would be great. Borg horses. (laughs) Oh, God, now I'm just picturing fucking a Borg doing that dance with his dick tucked in between his legs. No. I was just thinking, where have all the Cowborgs gone? (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. Yeah, you're you're right, Matt. Fuck this episode to death. This the queen like I never liked the queen. No, like to be clear, but I was willing to accept it because first contact was all right. And I I get it. But the thing is, if you want to create an alien that has a grudge against the captain, like create a different race. The whole point of this race was they were scary. There's no face to talk to. There's Mm -hmm. no one to negotiate with. They're all the same. Now there's this like one you make this one in a million. Well, first you make this one in a million uh, uh, mutation mm-hmm. so that some Borg are already special. Then you have the queen who is becoming, as you say, more and more individual. So they're getting less and less the way they're supposed to be, which is, you know, one giant mind made up of tiny little pieces. Yeah. She's becoming more human every day. Mm. Yeah. And I hate that. Yeah. It's so racist. <sighs> Just uh, like, ah. you, like the Borg are a take on, on zombies, right? Like that sort of yeah. fear of losing your individuality yeah. to be completely subsumed by the group. Yeah. And, yeah. and zombies don't have a leader. Yeah, exactly. And like the more time we spend, the more like unique and special and perfect the Borg get, the le- like the less scary they are. Like, honestly, the fucking highlight of the like the high point of the Borg should have been Hugh, like the mm-hmm. one Borg yeah. is becomes human again. Right. And instead, we've got and all this I, fucking wheel spinning horse shit. Well, I liked Seven. I well, liked the idea of yeah. taking one person it's out like, and slowly trying to retrain back, her and all every that. Every time they came back on Voyager, we were all waiting for it to be like, they've ruined the Borga, but they kept, like, surprisingly not. And now they've just blown it all, and they've blown a lot of it in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's because... All the other episodes they've done have gone after weird angles that we'd never seen before. A a planet where guys who used to be in the collective are trying to deal with not being in the collective anymore, for instance. A planet where Borg evolved from men. Yes, exactly. Do not go that way, Harry Kim. You will not like what you find. (laughs) You blew it up! I, I don't. I don't have a clever Star Trek spin on that. I just like saying you blew it up. Resistance is futile. It's really fucking good. Get your laser pointer off me, you I saw, damn dirty boy. I saw uh, Planet of the Apes on the big screen uh, a few months ago. Oh, and, you lucky um, son of a bitch. They had a special introduction by uh, Dana Gould as uh, Dr. Zayas. Nice. Uh, getting interviewed about it, and he was doing, like, dishy, like, you know, closeted gay old Hollywood stuff. <laughs> and it was fantastic. <laughs> the and thing that always surprises me... The thing that surprised me about that movie when I saw it the first time, and I don't know how I didn't know this going in, mm. but watching it and seeing that twist that we all know, yeah. but it was still pretty good. And <laughs> then at the end, the it, it says, cover. yeah, and then it says yeah, written by Rod Serling. Oh, yeah. well, obviously. <laughs> that explains it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a nice feature length Twilight Zone movie. Yeah. No, incidentally, you, anyway. all of you listeners should definitely watch the original Planet of the Apes instead of seeing these episodes. Oh, it you takes- want to? Yeah. You want to watch some good uh, space sci-fi. Mm-hmm. It's about so the same better. length, and it's fucking awesome. Also, it was made yeah. back when people were allowed to smoke on spaceships. 
Yes? Yeah. One of the first things Charlton Heston does in that movie is lights up a cigar on the spaceship, and I'm like, oh, Charlton Heston is such a piece of shit in that movie. <laughs> such an asshole. <laughs> I think that's the point. Just I like the biggest prick in the universe goes to Ape World. <laughs> because Fuck we're, you, we, you know, apes. Ah. By the end, we're supposed to say, oh, the people from his time were jerks, and like, oh, that's oh, why like I don't like him, him because, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, exactly. Uh, Brian, what was your bad thing since we're doing our bad? Uh, well, okay. Speaking of the board queen, uh, I feel like you've mentioned this the last few times she's shown up on the show, but like, there's the, this idea that we have, um, that Rick Berman keeps saying, no, 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 it's supposed to be one person, but we're like, oh, what if she's just like the embodiment of the collective or like, they randomly like create a new board queen every time they need one out of whatever body that is available. Yeah, I feel like the software is in there and they download it into a new body. Yeah, yeah. yeah they that. just slot, they just have like a slot full of female Borg, uh. Yeah, just ready to, like, heads, you know, yeah. queen, whichever one's needed. Um, and th- like USB sticks. This episode yeah. actually gave us the first possible, like, uh, textual confirmation of that, even though, again, Rick Berman keeps saying, no, 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 it's just one person. What does he know? Um, yeah, <laughs> nothing, as far as I can tell. <laughs> because they decided to make her look like an alien species in this one instead of just like an assimilated human. And they chose so by doing the worst alien makeup design I've seen since the yellow temple guys from Deep Space Nine. Which is that she has a line of, like, Bajoran nose ridges, but down the front of her throat. And that's it. Other than that, she looks exactly the same as every other time she's ever shown up. It was just, Yeah, that's your alien right there. It was just, like, the laziest, like, oh, she's different now. Like, you could have done so much to make her look more interesting. And they're like, she's got neck things now on the front of her throat and nothing else. It's all otherwise the same. Hooray! Different. <laughs> no, and and I've always felt like that when we get into the Delta Quadrant, like the the assimilated species we should see should look really weird. They should look like no species we've seen before mm-hmm. because we're really far away from you know, like the Alpha yeah, Quadrant. No, but they but all just th- look like humans still. Yep. Yeah, and when we go into Unimatrix Zero, we see like a, a Klingon. Oh yeah, there's like, a Klingon in there. Just. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't there Bajoran, I think. Like, yeah, there was a Bajoran. Like, and of course, uh, they happened to run into uh, uh, Ansel. What was his actual name? It was like Arab Max or I don't give a shit, honestly. That, that Ansel, it's, that Ansel yeah. is so hot right now. Um, he, he said it. Mm-hmm. He said it the, Wait, the first Hansel? time, and I instantly forgot everything. No, it's, about it's like him. Axum or something. But it's Axiom Verge. It's, it's Axel. The point Rose. is the fact yes. that they randomly run into him. That one in a million Borg of this like four hundred trillion member species. Used to mm-hmm. date seven, yep. and they happen to run into him when they're investigating the the mystery of Unimatrix Mansion. Uh, and by the oh way, God. yeah, we definitely used to date. I swear, you don't remember it at all, but we were super in love. We made out all. And the yet, time. when I say that to Jerry Ryan, I get put on a restraining order. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but anyway, he he oh. had an alien design, but it was just another goddamn bumpy forehead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through. And what are those weird high hairlines uh, they give to those people? Sure. That guy those definitely people? looks like he should be dating Jerry you know, Ryan. The, 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 the generic forehead of uh, Star, uh, Star Trek alien, where they also have uh, their hairline start in the middle of their head because they're too lazy to do anything interesting with that. I've caught you in some uh, Star Trek alien <laughs> Yes, I'm being racist here, against rubber forehead to... people. <laughs> yeah, you totally are. Shame they're slightly you. better than rubber nose people yes. like Bajoran each hebs. <laughs> Each ebbs. Uh let's talk about some good things. Ah, oh, you'll find them. Go- yeah. Matt, what do you got? Uh, those Borg heads on pikes are pretty fucking cool. There's a shot. Well, that's an extension of that's an extension of your Borg Queen as a supervillain thing, right? Oh yeah, like- and that's definitely stupid. But the fact that there's a couple of Borg like literally ripped off Borg heads that she shoved down on some pikes so that she could fuck around in their uh, in their inside their brains, it was pretty fucking cool. It actually was. All right, fair enough. That's some that's some fine. I, I believe my note is that's some fine horror movie gore right there. Well, and and putting aside Brian's like uh, correct uh, criticism of some of the lazy alien makeup, overall the visual effects, like uh, the the ship stuff and a lot mm-hmm. of the the makeup stuff and the props and everything, apart from that cake. But usually, in Voyager, like I've I've said this before, with DS Nine ending, I feel like they have the dream team now. They have yeah. all the Star Trek guys. They kept the best ones, and most of the visual stuff, mm-hmm. even in a super shitty episode, tends to look pretty good. And mm-hmm. it feels like. If the scripts were better, this would be outstanding because it looked it probably looked better than any other sci fi show on TV. Say, at that you were point, saying out that the uh, the opening shot with the uh, with the all the cubes. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the biggest Borg armada we've seen, and it looked mm-hmm. really it's impressive. Awesome. Except for the yeah. fucking castle. <laughs> no, it's and I feel like that was like that's the script's fault because like the the uh the effects guys are were really a castle Brandon. Okay. Seriously, I guess that's, like uh, it, it's like up to this point all Borg all Borg ships are shapes. You've got your cubes, super your simple spheres. geometric shapes. I think yeah. they had a pyramid do they have a pyramid at one point or did I make that up? I don't think they have on this show. You might have seen one on a book cover or a comic or something. So the Borg Queen lives in a fucking, like, castle, like, floating in space. It literally looks like it should have lightning behind it. Like, it's fucking the castle where Dr. Claw lives. So maybe Lore's magic castle was just tapping into some inherent Borg desire to live in a castle. Ah, fuck. Borg's magic castle. I should have put that on my <laughs> list, too. Damn it. Listen, listen, you're going to... You are not going to list all the stupid... You're going to think of a yeah. lot of dumb stuff you should have had. You didn't even talk about when they got attacked by a giant cat. Ah, fuck. Or the time that pancakes attacked them. Damn it. There you go. That wasn't even a bad episode. That was just a bad the replicator fact. gave me okay. coffee without a mug around it. Look, it's Operation Annihilate. <laughs> <laughs> or, or most of the uh, uh, animated series. Mm-hmm, let's be clear. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck, I didn't talk about Bem, the guy who yes, apart. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I liked Bem. This one liked Bem. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was drawn terribly, but I thought the script, like the basic idea, was good. sure. Just it looked really stupid. Isn't that uh, that's also the series where the characters both shrink and turn into fish people. Yep. Yeah. I, in fact, I and, believe uh, Captain Kirk escapes from a jar at one point. I was about to say, Kirk and I believe Bones get trapped in a jar and almost drown because rain falls into the jar. Giant Spock. Uh, there's yeah. uh, <laughs> written by Walter. <laughs> Walter has written an episode. Yeah. Uh, now there's there's uh, there's so many. Uh, okay, my mm-hmm. good thing. Yes. Uh, there's a there's a cute scene and uh, it doesn't last very long. But the part where Tom gets re-promoted is okay. In and of itself, I mean. His demotion meant fuck all in the first place. Like, when it happened, it was... When it happened, it was like, ooh, demo- I, hardly anyone ever gets demoted. That's a big deal. He's an ensign now. But they never did anything with it. it all this means is the writers don't have to keep remembering to call him ensign instead of lieutenant. Mm. But but this actual 60-second scene where they gifted him with his missing pip was kind of cute. They they berated him for being, like, six seconds late for duty or something. And, like, they have a little gift box on his, uh, on his, on his chair. It was cute. And it ended with Harry whining about not being promoted, and nobody acknowledged <laughs> no, it, which I really best. enjoyed. How come I don't get promoted? No, no. So anyway. They did acknowledge it, which was the greatest thing, because what happened was Harry goes, I didn't see a box on my chair, which you guys know how hilarious I think it is that he's still an ensign after seven years. Um, yeah. Oh, we all think it's hilarious. Yeah. And well yeah. And so they do acknowledge it, because yep. they just stare at him. <laughs> they, they don't... Well, right, no, but no, nobody yeah. says, oh, well, it's coming soon, or... They don't uh, talk you know, about anything. it, just which nothing. is true, but they do acknowledge yeah. it by pointedly giving him a look, like, and you're not fucking getting one. <laughs> Shut yeah. up, Harry. No, but I, I putting aside our joy of watching Harry suffer, Such which joy. was great, mm-hmm. but just, but in and of itself, it was a cute little like the senior officers are fucking with you, and really you got a promotion. And like that was the, uh, the but, Janeway uh, slash lighthearted Chakotay moment I was talking about because when they're walking yeah, on, and yeah. you can tell like it, they're not trying to play this up like a big dramatic like that time that Tom had to get fake fired. You can tell that they're like messing mm-hmm. with him a little right from when he comes on, even though they're being super serious. But as soon as he turns mm-hmm. around, yeah, they and all agreed to chair, it before he showed up. Janeway just gets this big goofy smile on her face, but Chakotay's still like looking yeah. all stern. And I think she exchanges yeah. a look with Chuck. And he's still trying yeah. to like play it off and looking all stern. And then when she puts it on, all of a sudden Chakotay's got that little like "I'm proud of you" guy look on his face, and it's just it's it's nice. They're playing it yeah. nicely. Mm-hmm. No, and that's what pisses me off about Robert Beltran is like you see glimmers like if he wanted to show up, he'd be pretty good. Maybe mm-hmm. not the best one, but way better than he is. Yeah. But he just doesn't yeah, feel no, like I told it. You most when the of show the started, time. he's a good actor. He's just not acting. He's just not into it. He's just not no, he just there. doesn't care. And there are lots of on the record quotes of him mm-hmm. saying, yeah, I didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this is our problem with him. He he has openly admitted. Yeah, I, I just no, I've known that this since is a before we were watching away. Voyager. And, like, but the whole thing and I've said this, I think, before. I think they could have done at least one episode. I think it would have been hilarious if, for instance, Tom had to take orders from Harry. Like, I'm an ensign for whatever reason. You've been an ensign longer or, you know, some logic by some weird military logic they could either make up or use existing. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But he would have to take orders from the senior ensign, which would be Harry. 
And it would yep. be a great reversal of their friendship, of their working relationship, of of the indignity of having to listen to Harold fucking Kim. Like, that could have been fun. Mm-hmm. They could have played around with his being demoted, but they never did anything with it. They barely even addressed him as Also, ensign. you know Harry gets drunk on power. Yeah, instantly. exactly. They could have brought back Dangerous Harry from season three when they tried oh, that God. for like a week and a half. Oh, or, or Mullet Harry from the fake future. One of the many <laughs> fake futures, sorry. Ugh. There's been a lot of them. So many, like... Harry Kim, there's more of him than anybody. Uh, so many branching dead ends on this show. Just, uh, nope, that never happened, and that never happened, and that never mm. happened. No, that's too interesting. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I don't want to blow your mind too much. <laughs> gotta, uh, gotta I don't have, have any more to watch season seven. The best season Gotta have yet. some mind left to blow. At least it's even... Did you blow me, Brandon? At, at least it's uh, season seven of seven and not seven of nine. So that's that's something. It's true. Guys, I just Brandon, had a thought. Was... Yes? What if... Mm. You know how Next Generation had a pretty bad first season and a pretty bad seventh season? And you mm-hmm. know how Voyager had mm-hmm. a pretty strong first season that surprised us? Yeah. What if the seventh mm-hmm. season is great? That would be nice. Let me have this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could happen. I mean, you can... I mean, you could have this for another fucking, like, week and a half or whatever, but then we're heading into Unimatrix Zero Part 2, which... Yeah, that's definitely going to bomb. I know there's one more Q episode, which probably isn't very good. God, am I signed up for it? Because Q on Voyager hasn't been super great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, I've seen the finale, which is not super great. I believe Belana has to have a baby. Yeah. I think. So there might be some good ones sprinkled in there, but I know of some confirmed bad things like through the season. So I, I don't know. And if there's one thing we know we'll about see. Tom Paris's baby, it's that Harry Kim will wind up marrying it. Oh, yeah. God. That confirmed. Hang on, I gotta many... hang on, I gotta scroll back up to my list here. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Kim marries Tom Paris's baby. Ugh. This is this is just gonna be a constant list in progress, isn't it? Pretty much. That time the Enterprise crew met the Ferengi, even though no one had met the Ferengi yet. That time the Enterprise crew met the Borg, even though no one had met the Borg yet. That time the Enterprise crew... Oh, sorry. The time, they put, guys, the time they put the dog Al, in Al, charge. I don't want to spoil, but they go to great lengths in that episode to have them not meet the Ferengi, yeah. and it's incredibly stupid. Yeah. It sounds incredibly stupid. I, I kind of like it. Been alone. <laughs> anyway, Brian, what was your good thing about this episode? Uh, well, actually, the opening scene where the board queen is interrogating a drone for having illegal dreams uh, <laughs> is, I mean, it's dumb. Thought but crime. There's two things I like. <laughs> there's two things I like about it. Uh, so they do the the lowering the head into the body thing again. Sure. And I guess it was a combination of the TV budget and the fact that it's the third time they did it. But they made it sort of really perfunctory this time. Like, she just had a little head elevator. And I really liked that. Like, in this whole episode that's about making the Borg bigger and grander and stupider than they've ever been, it's nice to have something that's just like, this is just how the Borg do things, and it's very normal and very efficient. I feel like it goes down, stretches out, goes into the body, boom, done. I I didn't care for it. Sorry. Go ahead. I feel like when she's not traveling around in her body, her head should just be scooting around the Borg cube on like a little (laughs) RC car. (laughs) No, it 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 should hop around on the spine like a pogo stick. That's not bad either. See, well, I think they should box like thing in the old Adams family. <laughs> I think they should put her in a giant robot body like Nixon's head. Yes. Well, that's what when I was talking about the neck ridges, they should have like made her look more impressive. Mm. Eh, like whatever. Nixon? Like Nixon, yeah, exactly. Now I've got a new Aroo. body. Man, yeah, I would love to see somebody Nixon impressive. Yeah. That you don't get nice. much more impressive than that. That's true. Now I um like I I I was kind of sick of the Borg Queen head yeah. thing, and I think Matt, you were you you felt the same, right? Yes, I did. I don't but, know. I just, know. We, but the, we have uh, different opinions. That's okay. That is true. But the other thing, an opinion nobody could disagree with, is that the moment when that Borg drone finally spoke and sort of asserted his individuality of the Queen was perfect. Not because of what he said, but because of how he said it. Because his voice is amazing. She's like, "Tell me what other Borg, what other drones are having this experience," and he just goes. I don't know. <laughs> he sounds like I'm. I'm going to Unimatrix Zero. He sounds like <laughs> like a Hanna Barbera sidekick. Like uh-huh. I don't know, whistle. We're not gonna be able to get out of this one. Cue the uh, laugh track. Shut up, Charlie. Whack. Yeah, just uh, uh, Char- Charlie the Borg. 
And then let's talk about that ending, because as Matt rightly pointed out, it's best of both worlds times three and nobody gives a fuck. All right. Oh, yeah. By the way, I bet that uh, all three of these guys are deeply affected by being transformed into Borg. I have, uh-huh. a, you know, the rest of the season's going to be devoted to their therapy. Like Picard, where he spent four seasons and then a whole movie trying to deal with the, the uh, PTSD of that. Mm-hmm. A confession mm-hmm. to make to the audience. I don't uh-huh. remember. I don't remember the ending of the episode. Uh, it's uh, the three of them assimilated. No. Yeah. No, I don't remember. Yeah. I watched this episode wow. like two weeks ago and I must have been out of the room when it ended and not paying attention. And then yeah. when uh, uh, in order to save time, we didn't do the rewatch of the episodes like we usually do, which is fine. Uh, mm-hmm. So I watched them last and night. And also we didn't want to watch the episodes again. Also that. Yeah. Um, and so I watched them again last night to refresh my memory. But I, I'm a teacher and Fridays hit us hard. And so I was kind of drifting in and out. Mm-hmm. So I just I, I don't remember that ending. And I think I'm happier for it. I think I'm living my best life right now. <laughs> And I know I'm going to watch Unimatrix Zero Part 2 today, so... Well, yeah, and then you'll get the previously on Voyager, so you'll see the ending, probably. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Look forward to that. I'll enjoy my innocence while it lasts. (laughs) I I hate these fucking episodes. I hate (laughs) them. Yeah, yeah, I think we're all agreed there. Uh, Do we have any further points before we stop talking about them? Uh, I have a quote. Oh, yeah. yeah. You you do have a quote. What is this quote? I don't recognize it. Uh, This is the quote. All right. My name is Shake Sula, the Mike Rula, the old schooler. You want a trick? I'm going to do it. Fly it up and I'm all caught. Fuck you like a cop. Me, why you're talking out loud? Why make the money see? Me, why get the honey she? Driving in my car, living like a star. Ice on my fingers and my toes and I'm a toss. So, by the last, as we launched into the exciting, you can't see my finger quotes, but trust me, they're there, final battle of the episode, I got so bored, I started trying to figure out if I could remember all the the words of the Aqua Teen Hunger Force theme. Yes, Uh, that is in your notes here. I can see that there, yes. I couldn't, but, uh, well, here you go. No, it's Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty close. Although There's some uh, when it's, they get they get kind of uh, uh, they, the words kind of blur together. I'm like, is that clock? What the fuck did he say? <laughs> and it's ice on my fingers, on my toes, and I'm a Taurus. Is I'm what he a says Taurus. Me. Oh, not the word you have oh, that's, here. Oh, that's way less offensive. Okay, yeah, yes. sure is. All right, well that is, that is all for the penultimate season of Voyager. We only have what 26 episodes left. So, the uh, ultimate that's, season. That's yeah, oh. that's one way to put it. Uh, let well, me, right now you believe this. you you want to believe that. So, but yeah, that's it. And then uh, in in June, I'm looking at my calendar here. Like uh, we got uh, March, March, April, May, and early June, we're done. So that's mm-hmm. it. Three more months of this, oh. and uh, and then it's on to. Even if Enterprise sucks, which I believe it may, uh, at least it's different. At least we can make new jokes and find a new Groppler Zorn and and so at forth. At least it's so, on- uh, at least there's only five seasons. Four? But, no, there's four. What? And oh. Oh, and then after oh. that, God willing, we'll have a uh, uh, discovery that won't suck. But I have no evidence of that yet. Yeah, I really want it to not suck. But the fact that Brian Fuller quit, the fact that they keep extending the uh, the, the like uh, pushing off the premiere date, the fact that mm-hmm. they're only showing it on their streaming service. So far, these things do not encourage me, but I am totally I want to be wrong. I'm willing to be wrong. I hope mm-hmm. I'm wrong. I like a lot of the cast. I'll say that for it. Yeah. 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 It's got that going for it. Uh, I, do, I like I don't know much about it. I just know behind the scenes so far the signs have not been super encouraging. I mean, but, Doug uh, Jones is going to be in it. He always makes good choices. Yeah, he's never I, uh-huh. he's never done anything just because it'll let him wear a funny face. Is that, oh yeah, that's the like the bland white guy that everyone's saying is amazing because he puts on rubber. Oh, no, masks. No, he is like really shirt. amazing okay, at rubber masks. Like yeah, like he, when he, he does when like he wants to be. He's a very fantastic good, hand uh, stuff right, and like makeup writer. And uh, I don't know, it's got, like, uh, Michelle Yeoh, she's great. Uh, it's got, um, uh, what's, uh, Malu Pacholi uh, from uh, 30 Rock. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll see. I'm not, like I said, I'm not making any actual judgment yet. I just, so far, like, in terms of what the production's going through, these are not encouraging signs. But I know yeah, nothing no, about I mean, the content I, yet, I, and I'm not going to judge I 100% agree with that. 
But when you get a high profile showrunner like that who quits, that's not a good sign. And when you no. don't, when you have a, a network exec straight up saying, yeah, this is probably better for streaming, it probably wouldn't do great on the network. That's not a good sign. Mm-hmm. And when you keep pushing off the uh, premiere date, that's also maybe not great. Yeah. But we'll see. We will definitely see. Yeah. Uh, in, in the yeah. meantime, uh, Brian, do you have any, any things you would like to tell the audience about? Uh, yes, uh, well, the uh, I, uh, the book that I mentioned last time is not yet ready for uh, publication on account of uh, I get super busy during the uh, when it's not the summer. Um, <laughs> but to that end, uh, well, I will tell you this. I did uh, write some uh, uh, special six-episode run to bring back my uh, kids' movie review blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the uh, first one of those will be going up today, the day we record this. Uh, oh, nice. I'm doing the, uh, the canon movie tales. Uh, which is a bunch of uh, attempts to make children's movies by Canon Films, the uh, notorious schlock factory. Uh, Wait, first one, that, Golan that Globus. Is at least as terrifying as the haunting of Deck Twelve. Golan <laughs> Globus, that's right. Uh, first oh, one feature God. is going to be uh, Puss in Boots, featuring Christopher Walken as Puss. Oh in my Boots. God! I think I saw that. Fuck. Oh God. Oh, they get they get good, man. They get real. Hey, good. did they also do the Frog Prince with Robin Williams? No, that was Shelley Duvall's Fairy Tale Theater. Uh, That's right. They did the Frog Prince with uh, Eileen Quinn and a very young Helen Hunt. Mm. Eileen Quinn, the uh, the original movie Annie? Yep. Ah, interesting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they get the weirdest cast in these. The best one, I'll say, is uh, Little Red Riding Hood, which stars Isabella Rossellini uh, as Little Red's mom and uh, playing a daring double role as both her long-lost father and his evil usurping brother, a Mr. Craig T. Nelson. Oh, boy. It's real good. <laughs> All right. Wow. So how can, how can um, people coach? And uh, well, the other thing that I would also like to uh, uh, mention is that uh, I have a very exciting uh, I'm, I'm advertising middle school theater on your show. Uh, All right. I have a very exciting project in development. That's a definite was, first. Uh, I was yeah. authorized uh, by Mr. Ben Acker and Ben Blacker to write and produce an adaptation of uh, Sparks Nevada, Marshall on Mars. Uh, well, and that's that's, that's almost as good as thrill as uh, uh, what do you call it? Beyond uh, belief. Beyond belief. I don't think I could get away with doing Beyond Belief in middle school. No, probably. Uh, not. That, that's a tough one, especially because of the booze. Mostly yeah. because of the booze. Yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> the booze and the implied sexual content. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But yes, that's going to be our spring musical: is uh, Sparks Nevada, Marshall on Mars. And if you'd like to see uh, some uh, a couple little uh, previews of that, you can check out vemdrama.tumblr.com. Hmm. Great. And how, yeah, the reviews you talked about, you didn't actually give a URL for that. Oh, but. yes, yes. Uh, that's still at uh, allthedisneymovies.blogspot.com. All right. Well, Brian, cool. always a pleasure. And uh, yep. we'll see you next season for I don't know what, because I don't have the list in front of me. You don't happen to know off the top of your head, do you? Uh, no, probably, again, something I picked just because it had a funny name. And hopefully that'll work out better for me next time. Yeah, I mean, almost certainly it will, because I can't remember the last time we've had a pair of episodes quite this it like would, that in a row. Basically, have to. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. But uh, next week is the Q and A supplemental episode, and then on to season seven. But until then, see you, folks. The Post Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us, we're... we're still just doing this.